Hi guys, Princess here, and welcome to episode 11 or 12 of Buy Pumpkin. I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, it's been a long week. Um, I got a placement, two little boys. They're great. Um, I'm also feeling the tinge in my throat that tells me I'm going to be sick soon or I'm going to lose my voice. I've been doing a lot of yelling. I'm not quite sure um, when it's going to happen, but I can tell it's going to happen. And normally I'd be like, oh, okay, well, listen, you can't, you need to skip this week of Buy Pumpkin. Like, you're busy. Like, when I get a placement, I have to do, like, it's called a 3 and 30. And it means that you have to go out and get, um, they need to see three doctors in 30 days. And it can be really hard to get them scheduled. And I also have to enroll them in school on Monday. Like, I have a ton of paperwork, a lot of stuff to do, like, just general household stuff and and then like not feeling well, I was like, oh, today would be perfect. I mean, this week would be perfect to skip. But then I remember that this, I can't skip this week because a lot of motherfucking shit is happening this week. So let's start at the beginning. If this episode sounds choppy to you, it's because I had to start and stop. I was coughing, I was sneezing, I was making gross body noises and I had to start and stop, okay? So mystery solved. But, um, in terms of show business, um, I have a brand spanking shiny new little Patreon page. Um, this week, I did it this week. Um, and it's, I gave like a kind of a soft launch on Instagram. And I, when I went to go look, I saw that a, a few people had already signed up, like actually more than I thought would even sign up. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, this is real. People are going to do this. Oh my God. Um, so the Patreon page is patreon.com backslash by pumpkin. Pumpkin is spelled P-U-M-K-I-N. And, um, there are two tiers. The first tier is a dollar a month and it's just to keep the lights on. Again, I love the, I love doing, making this podcast. It's a labor of love, but it does have expenses associated with it. And I just really like to be able to at least break even. I don't want to have to pay every month to make a podcast for other people. And that dollar a month will help me out. You'll get bonus episodes. You'll get at least one bonus episode a month, okay, in return. The other um, tier is called the exclusive tier, and it's for people who want to commission bonus episodes. They want to sponsor a bonus episode. So let's say you're like, Princess, I've heard your theory about the fact that This Is Us is a horror movie and Jack is the villain and how much you hate it and how badly you think it's written yet you watch it every single week I want you to speak an hour about that well then you join the exclusive tier and you pay 20 bucks and for every month you pay 20 bucks you get to sponsor a bonus episode of your choosing now let if you just like if you want that this is us episode then you join the exclusive tier and after the month is over, you leave it. So you pay the 20 bucks and then you get your sponsored post. I mean, I don't know why I'm explaining it over and over again. I think it makes a lot of sense in what I'm saying here. Um, I want to say that if you become a Patreon, to make sure that you stay subscribed to the main feed because that's how, so that it looks like, so that it makes it clear that I still have subscribers and doesn't look like I've just lost a bunch of subscribers. Anything else about Patreon? I think that's it. I mean, listen, I know that some people are like a dollar a month. I don't give a fuck. That's great. And there are other people that are like, listen, 
I'm Patreon down. I'm I'm paying a hundred dollars a month to various pl- people, and I just can't afford it. Great. If you can't afford to support me through Patreon, I understand. Can you at least leave me a review, a five star review? I don't read reviews because I don't think they're for me. I think they're for other listeners. But I want someone. I want you to be able to tell other listeners, hey, give this one a chance, okay? So. Two ways to support me, patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin or leave me a review. Either way, I super appreciate you. Let's go on to the other show business. So one of the reasons I can't really like, I couldn't skip this week is because we're starting Breaking Bonaducci and like super excited about that. Like in the middle of the week, I watched episode one and was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Thank God this is happening. Thank God this is happening. Thank God I'm doing this. And while like, I know there's a ton of you who will be perfectly fine just listening to me talk about it. I know there's also just as many of you who really want to watch the episodes. So if you look in the show notes of this show that you're listening to right now, there is a Google Drive link to download seasons one and two of Breaking Bonaducci. Here's the deal though. Like I said, this is not expressly legal. In fact, I mean, it's not illegal, but it's like, uh, it's like copyright infringement. So I have left, like you can download the episodes. The, The link is in the show notes. You can, it, the link leads you to a Google Drive folder. The folder, like if you click on an episode, you can watch it in Google Drive, but I suggest you download it because who knows how long Google's gonna allow me to leave it up. And when it's gone, it's gone. I'm not gonna do another one, okay? So go do it now. If you download the episodes and don't watch it in the Google Drive interface, the download comes as an MKV like file type and I don't know anything about that except for that you need to download VLC player to play it. And it's like a, it's a quick download. It's, it works on Mac or PC. I've also left a link to that as well. Um, it's really not that hard. Just download the player and then double click on your, on the video that you download and it'll, it'll play for you. And if you, and if that's too much then play it in Google drive, but it means that when, if Google takes it away, then it's gone. Okay. You got it. Okay, good. To answer another question I got, which was like, if I am, like, do you have to be a Patreon member to download the episodes? No, you don't, because then I would be selling the episodes and then I would have an actual real problem. Like, obviously this is not expressly kosher, but like, if I start trying to sell them, I got a real fucking problem. Um, And I opened myself up to lawsuit, but like just letting you guys download it, just means I'm just stupid and it'll be hard for them to, it'd be hard for someone to, to, it'd be hard for someone to prosecute me or not, excuse me, not prosecute me to sue me because I didn't make any money off of it. Well, you know, they probably can argue that I have a podcast director around it. So maybe, I don't know. You know what? I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on TV. The only law school I went to is the school of Jack McCoy. So listen, all that shit's in the show notes download it guys please do not dm me and ask me how to do this (laughs) please please don't do that my mom already sends me messages asking me how to fix stuff i i taught her to use apple pay over the phone it was it was a long fucking night okay please do not dm me and ask me 
I just told you how to do it, okay? All right, we're done with that. Okay, so let's move on to the episode. The episode is called Danny Had an Affair. And again, when I went back and watched this, I was like, oh my God, I forgot all about this. I forgot how... Mm, I forgot how the show is shot. It is incredibly real. And I'm not saying that like there's not some setups and there's not like, you know, reshoots like, you know, on, I guess it was Bitch Sesh this week. Um they had somebody on who was, who was at like a Vanderpump rules party or something. And, and how like Stasi and Tom got into a big fight and they had to film the fight like four times. Like I, I wasn't surprised by that. It was interesting, but I wasn't surprised by it. And so I'm not surprised when people have to reshoot things. I'm not surprised when they have setups and stuff. I'm not saying that what I am saying is that this show is two people who are being incredibly vulnerable on screen. <laughs> on screen, excuse me. Um, and like Danny is a fucking loose cannon. He's saying whatever and doing whatever. And Gretchen is like, she's not as loose, but she definitely whatever. And I'm, I'm going to point to some, some scenarios as we see, the, as we get to them. Um, first of all, let me, um, there's, I'm sure there's quite a few of you who don't even fucking know who Danny Bonaducci is. Let me let me just start there. So, um, Danny Bonaducci is best known as a child star. He was on a show called The Partridge Family Partridge Family um, in the 70s and basically it was about it was about a single mom and her kids and like an uncle/manager and they were a family band and they would travel in a bus um and like play shows. And the lead of the show was David Cassidy. And he was like a teen idol at the time. He was a young guy. He had long hair and blue eyes. Was it blue eyes? I think so. Everyone was in love with him. And Danny played his younger brother, who everyone was not in love with. He had a smart mouth and unfortunate face. Now, there are many people who will attribute this to the fact that he is a redhead. I do not discriminate against redheads. There are many beautiful redheads. If you've ever read a romance novel, they've either got hair of gold or red hair or green. Like red hair is one of their favorite things to have. Um, There are some really hot smoking redheads. I don't know why people think they're ugly, but Danny Bonaducci as a child looked like a stereotypical ugly person. (laughs) I don't even know how to describe it any further. Go to my Instagram. It's at okay then princess. No, no, well, no, no, no. That's my personal Instagram. You can go to that. It's just not going to have this on there. Go to the show's Instagram, which is by pumpkin podcast. And, um, I have, I've posted a picture of Danny as a kid. I think the picture speaks for itself. So, Here's the thing. David Cassidy was a teen idol. He was always walking around with no shirt off. Everyone was in love with him. He had women throwing themselves at him constantly. And here comes little Danny sweeping up the remainders. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's how he describes it himself. But that's what he's famous for. He's also famous for being a, a child star that became addicted to drugs. He was homeless. He, he, 
when you think of a Todd Bridges and a Dana Plato and uh, that type of thing, Danny Bonaduce fits right in there. And so, and then later what happens is he becomes like a radio personality, sort of a shock jock, sort of a Howard Stern light, if you will. And I mean, he's just known for going on the radio and saying what he wants. Um, I believe he's on the radio in LA. Yeah, that's where they were living. He was on the radio in LA. And he's just known for being extremely vulnerable on screen, not on screen, on, on the radio for like saying whatever, for like telling all his business, for like not caring about what people think about him. Um, and you'll see this, like he's, he, like people who listened to him in LA was like, he was kind of fucked up at the time. And he would like chronicle his breakdowns and a breakdown of his marriage on air. And we'll get to that when we get to the scene where he's basically, he's gone public with the affair with, I don't believe he asked Gretchen about it. I think he just was like, no, 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 this is fine. I'll do this. She'll think it's funny. And Breaking Bonaducci is the reality TV show Danny and his family did during some of the height of their marital issues. It ran from 2005 to 2006. It was a very short run, like nine or 10 episodes. And it gets increasingly, increasingly scary. The first season is all about the fact that of them trying to save their marriage. And the second season is the break is like the breakup. Um, I didn't know much about Danny Bonaduce before watching this. I watched it on the original run and he is one of my top 10 terrifying things. And I've talked about this before, but my top 10 terrifying thing does include 50 Cent, nuns, I gotta think about nuns, and roaches. I am terrified of roaches. I used to have an aunt who used to flick roaches at me and from her apartment all the time because she thought, because I guess I reacted to the fact that she had roaches terribly and she uh, didn't like it. So she decided to punish me by flicking them at me. Um, she's dead now. So haha, I won. <laughs> I, in terms of like things that terrify me, Danny Bonaducci is one of them. I just know he's killed people. Like once you've watched this, if you do not believe he has the ability to kill someone and take them out to the desert and bury them, I don't know what the fuck you're watching. And I just know for a fact he's done that. And by for a fact, I mean my gut where no facts exist. It's just Chipotle and fruit snacks in there. But you know. I believe it. So, like I said, there are two seasons. Um, we're just focusing on the first one. The first episode is called Danny Had an Affair. Um, we open up on Gretchen, his wife of 12 years, and Danny in the therapist's office. And he's telling the story of how they met. And you can tell by the cadence and the way he tells it. that He tells it all the time. He tells the friends to press on his radio show. He's like, got it down pat. And that's what happens when you're in a relationship for a long time. They've been married 12 years. So have I at this point. I mean, that's the point that I was watching the show. But uh, so have I. And like, yeah, if you ask me how I met my husband, I could give you an elevator pitch, like a sound bite, bite very quickly because I've had to tell it a lot of times. But I've also not told it on the radio over and over again. And just just listen to the way he's telling it. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He tells that shit all of the time. They think their meet cute is so fucking cute. And this is how it goes. Basically, they were having a blind date, having a very good time. Danny was getting very drunk. He took her back to his place. He made a pass at her. She said, I should have told you this earlier, but I'm a Christian and I'm not having sex before marriage. And actually, I think she means, 
I don't believe she was a virgin. I think she means that what she was doing is that she was no longer going to be having sex before she got married. But whatever. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not, you know, none of my business. And so he opens the Yellow Pages, the fucking Yellow Pages, which tells you how long ago this was. Found a minister who came to the house married, and married them right there in that living room that they, you know, the place where they ended up living together. And he woke up the next morning. He didn't remember her name. He says, um, sweetheart, I was very drunk last night. I didn't remember your name. And she goes, it's Mrs. Bonaducci. Try not to forget it. Like that is their, their story, which they think is super cute. Personally, I don't think it's super cute. I think, but I think, maybe they don't think it's super cute either. I think that they think that it tell, that it's like, this is how you know who we are. Like it's an essence of who they are as a, as a relationship. The two of them are in separate cars as they're doing, like, as they're talking about the marriage in general. Um, apparently it came out in the tabloids that they got married and the minister got in trouble because he didn't know he was marrying two people who had only known each other for eight hours. And I, I do have questions. I wonder how it could have been legal if they didn't have a marriage license. Like, you can get married. Like, getting married and getting legally married for the state are two different things. Um, so... Like, it's, you know, interesting fact, in France, apparently, they are so, like, serious about the separation of church and state that if you, like, you, you can have your religious ceremony anywhere. It doesn't matter. But everyone has to go down to the state to get, to perform a marriage for the state at, like, the, the city hall. Everyone has to do that. Um, and here, it's more like you get a license from the state saying you're going to get married, and then... You give it to your, uh, whoever's going to perform the marriage and they have to fill out like a little form and send it into the state. And that's, and once they get the form back, that's when you're married. Like if you never sent in the form, then you're not legally married. And so I wonder how they got a marriage license in the middle of the night to get married. You know, I bet they probably had to go get legally married like a few weeks later and it's not as funny. It's not as sexy as a story, so they don't tell that part. I bet that's probably what happens. So Gretchen thinks that if they hadn't gotten married like that on that first night, that he would have never married her because he's not like a commitment type. And Danny knows that if he had dated Gretchen, that she would have never married him because I'm more inclined to believe Gretchen would have been the one to walk away because Danny seems like the type of dude that can be very entertaining and mesmerizing for like 36 hours. But once you hit that 37th hour, you're like, oh my God, you're fucking insane. Like, he seems, you know, far, I hate bringing up fucking Lena Dunham, but that episode of Girls where Marnie sees her old boyfriend who's gotten real thickums, by the way, Mm -mm, he was looking good, Um, and he kind of, and well, she's married to Desi, I think Desi it is, and um, so she like goes off and has a day with him, like a whirlwind day where she's like doing risky things and jumping in a pond and all that. And she ends up back at his place and has sex with him. And then it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm going to run away with this guy. This is what I should have been doing the whole time. I should have been with this guy. And then like she finds like a heroin needle in his little run down apartment. And like, 
I feel like a Danny Bonaducci gives you that experience as well, is where you meet him and you're like, oh my god, he's so funny and confident. He's got swag and he's and this is like, no, I want to. I mean, obviously you guys are drunk too, and like I just want to hang out with this guy forever, blah blah blah. And then like you kind of like are all in, and then you wake up two days later and you're like, oh shit, ooh, not this one. So they're seeing this Dr. Gary therapist guy. Um, he knows a. He knows there's a lot of issue, but he wants to focus on one at a time. And Gretchen brings up the affair. And Danny is like, I told you it was happening. I warned you and I let you know it was happening. And what he means by that is he told her that if she didn't, if someone didn't start having sex with him, he was going to get it for somewhere else, which is just gross, by the way. An incredibly gross, like, like, you need to perform these acts. And if you're not willing to do so, then I can do whatever I want. And, like, people who are in relationships like that, like, don't get me wrong. In long-term committed relationships, you do have to care about each other's sexual needs. You do have to, like, try to try to be there for the other person and try to compromise and try to make sure everybody's getting what they need. And so that means that sometimes, I talked about this in the Ask Me Anything episode, bonus episode, where I was like, yeah, um, someone asked me when was the last time I had sex, and I was like, whenever you're listening to this pretty frequent like probably not too long ago and the reason is that as i'm a person whose um love language is acts of service but my husband's is physical touch like if you're not touching him he does not know that you love him and so like for him going without that physicality is a is is a deal breaker in a relationship he has to have physicality in it so I, who doesn't, like, I'm not holding that, like, it's not as much of a party as me, means that I have to, like, figure out a way to make it work so that he gets what he needs. The same way, like, what makes me go is if, when someone shows up with food for me. So he has to say things like, let me, let me, let me figure out where I'm going to get food for Princess today because she needs that to fill her love tank. R.I.P. Vicky. And so, so... Like, I get that part, but it's very different to say you are contractually obligated to do A, B, and C, and if you don't, I'm allowed to go get it from somewhere else. That's gross. And I guess, like, just in general, I'm against people having to perform sexual acts they don't want to perform. Like, I'm just against, like, you forcing yourself to have a threesome because you, because it's someone's birthday. Like, fucking get them a gift card from Panera. Like, and once they eat a bunch of broccoli and cheese soup, they'll feel like they have three people inside them. I don't, I probably talked about this before. I'm just saying, I just do not believe in that type of shit. And the way he's talking is like, yeah, you do. You have to, you have to. Nobody has to do shit, man. No, they don't. And so Gretchen says he got the relationship he deserved when he was having an affair. And that's a good line. She's right. If you're like treating me like this, you get the relationship you deserve. And she says that the woman was sending him letters saying she was his real wife and basically like Gretchen and the kids didn't exist, like real crazy. And he's just looking down like, yeah, was well, crazy. And I'm like, dude, wh- why are you not acknowledging that the extramarital relationship you have with that woman gave her the idea that it was okay for her to, it wasn't just like, you know, a one night stand somewhere you gave her the impression that Gretchen was nothing, 
that you were not like all that shit you talk in the air about how much you love your family, how dedicated you are to your family is nothing. And that she could send you a letter saying, I'm your real wife. Like that is that woman, like sending the letter is not as egregious as the fact that you gave her the impression that it was going to be okay. Also, Gresham claims she hates sex and never wants to have it again. And she's more evolved than that and has better things to do than that. And that Danny is a sex addict. And now, Danny's probably a sex addict. I can believe that. Um, he identifies as one, so what the fuck? I'll, I'll believe him. But I don't think Gretchen is asexual the way she's talking about. I think what it is is that she has two kids and a really wild husband. And she has to parent all three of them. I think she's probably got a lot of anxiety about things. I think she's got a, she's probably got a touch of depression and her sex drive is gone. Sure. Given all that, she doesn't have much of a sex drive. That doesn't mean she hates sex all of a sudden. It means she can't find it in her to be sexual knowing she has to have sex with some, with Danny, someone she has to parent. She's tired as fuck. I bet there's plenty of times she hates him and she's kind of wondering where her life is going. A lot of women feel that way. That is not unusual. That's different than being asexual. It is. So we swing back to the radio show and Danny is telling the audience that he had a talk show. I don't remember him having a talk show, but okay. And his ego got too big and things weren't great at home. He had an affair. And there are all these people calling in about it. And finally, Gretchen calls him. Now, the reason Danny did this, he said, it would be an act of contrition, which for me doesn't play because you guys are dealing with something privately and now you just told the whole world. Now, being someone that's been cheated on and you're staying is very different than someone who's been cheated on, okay? There are plenty of people who, if you're gonna stay with someone who cheated on you, they're like, they don't have any empathy for that. They're like, you're dumb, fuck you, you're an idiot, you deserve what you get, you must like it. And it must be embarrassing for Gretchen, right? Um, I don't know if she's necessarily a PTA mom type chick, but imagine that you are and you're already married to this kind of wild card and now you have to show up to school and everyone has listened to him on the radio talk about how he's cheated on you. And you're just like, hey guys, I'm here with the cookies. Like it's, I don't know. It's not an act of contrition. This is how Danny gets you, okay? There are a lot of these people that think that Danny's a perfect husband and father because on on the radio, all he talks about is how much he loves her, how beautiful she is, how important his family is, how he'll die for them. He's constantly admitting his fault. He's always like, I'm a drug addict. I'm an egomaniac. I'm a sex addict. I'm this and this and this. And let me tell you the kind of person he is because he thinks that the fact that he's admitting these things makes it okay. There are so many people in this world that think that because they can name what's wrong with them, okay, then good. I have a relative who has bipolar disorder, who anytime, and she does the craziest shit, okay? The some of it, I'm like, has nothing, like I, she's not the only person I've known with bipolar disorder. So like some of the stuff I'm like, you're gonna, this is bipolar disorder? Or are you just a thief? Which one is it? And anytime something happens, she's like, what? I'm bipolar. I'm, just, I'm bipolar. What do you want? And then, like, we're supposed to just be like, oh, okay, all right, all right. Sorry, uh, the fact that you shot one of my kids, uh, that's fine. 
Because, right, you're, you got bipolar. Just like, okay, okay, okay. Well, I just got to rush off to the hospital. See you later. That's how she healed. Plenty of people do it that way. And Danny's like that too. He, he can openly enlist all the problems he has. And because he can do that, he's like, all right, I've admitted it. What else do you want? And so it's very easy for him. He's probably gotten away with that for a, for a long. I can imagine him as a child getting away with that. Like, Danny, you didn't do your homework. You know what, Mom? I don't give a fuck about homework. All right? So I put it on the table. And I think people are so disarmed by the fact that he just comes at you with it that he he gets away with a lot. And so this act of contrition on the radio is not that. It was very easy for him to just come out and be like, yep, I cheated on her. Let me tell you how bad I am. Like... He's the worst. So in therapy, he admits that his career is the is his thing, and he'll work all day and night for it. He was homeless before, which I believe he lived right behind Grauman's Chinese Theater, right next to a dumpster. Um, he thinks that sharing that would be putting his career on the line. I don't buy that shit. He does not live in a small town in Idaho, and admitting that he's where there's two churches and everybody goes to one of those churches either the Baptist church or the Episcopalian church. And so if you admit that you had a fair, all of a sudden you can't cut people's hair anymore because they don't want to go with you. This is LA. That's not, you didn't put your fucking career on the line. What you did was you got probably pretty high ratings that day. There are like literal peep actors who rape women who are still working. Okay. People are still showing up to interviews saying things like, I still want to work with Willie Allen. Even everything we know about Woody Allen. Did I say Willie Allen? If your name is Willie Allen out there, I'm sorry. I cast aspersions on you. But I was really talking about uh, child molester Woody Allen. So. Where was I? Basically, it's a public, humili- hum- a public humiliation. So when Gretchen calls in, she's weepy. She's saying she never thought she'd be in this position. But when you have kids, you make sacrifices. And here she is. I personally think that's a lie. I don't think Gretchen is staying for her kids. I, yeah, I think she wants to stay there and she knows it would be hard to move on and he's the breadwinner and he's... I, he's famous. Now, I know there are people who be like, well, he's a D-lister. Yeah, but that's... Like, being a D-lister is still famous. Like, people still know who the fuck he is. He could still get on an episode of Surreal Life that year. Like, it's possible. Um... And also the kids adore him. They don't know any better. Like, I believe all those things are true. But I don't think it's the same as staying for my kids. Like, staying for your kids is something like, I cannot raise them by myself. I cannot afford to raise them by myself. My kids would die if I would take them from their... Like that. And I don't think that's the truth. I think that it would be very difficult. And that's different than impossible. So we switch back to therapy and, and like... The therapy guy is asking about kids and Danny gets all squinty and scary saying that the therapy guy should be careful about talking about his kids. And the therapist says that one thing he takes serious is how you treat your kids. And I'm like, really? Wow, that's interesting because you're the only person in the world that takes kids ser- that takes the treatment of children seriously. This is stupid. Most people, <laughs> most people will be like, uh, you know, I can deal with a lot of things, but I, but treating kids badly is not one of them. Like, why is he saying that? Like, he's so special. It reminds me of an ad around here where it's a car ad around Austin and the guy's like, I'm a veteran and veterans are welcome at whatever the car place is. And I'm like, where are veterans not welcome? 
very few places. And maybe that's me, my naivete. My father's a veteran. I grew up on um, military bases. Um, I've fucked a lot of military guys. <laughs> like, I, like, I just grew up around... Like, so many people are in my family are in the military. And I just grew up around the military so often, so much, that, like, I mean, dude, we get a veteran's discount everywhere. So, I'm like, just, this isn't the 70s, right after Vietnam. What do you, and we're in Texas. We're, where in Texas are veterans not welcome? Where? Nowhere. What the fuck are you talking about? Anyway, whatever, whatever. This allows Dana to go in a speech about he teaches his kids not to be like him, not to lie, cheat, and be a bad person. I mean, he's about to do Shakespeare in a fucking park. And I'm not saying he didn't mean it, but I'm saying Danny could have got some more acting roles because he is like, you know, he's doing a thing that he's like this. Like, it feels like he's done this before. It feels like he practices lines. The next scene is a palate cleanser. It's Danny taking his daughter to a casting call. She's done some acting because he talks about how cool it was that she was on Grounded for Life. And Danny was on that 70s show at the same time and they have dressing rooms next to each other. And you can tell Danny and his daughter have a very loving relationship. He talks to her like she's an equal, which is, I bet, is part of the problem. Part of the problem. Like, he's, like, he's he's doing his spiel where he's like, I'm a bad person. I'm a this. I'm a that. He even talked, well, during a radio scene, he says that his, his daughter said, he was telling his daughter something and she was like, I've seen you're behind the music. And, yeah, like, Dude, he basically makes it so that she's his equal and that makes her love him like a lot. But but it also makes it really hard to like parent her. And you can tell that she's like a really precocious like kid that'll like sash you in the store. And I fucking hate precocious children because I was one. And I just want you guys to know that if you were a child and someone all, and people always said things like, you should be a lawyer. It wasn't because they thought you were smart. It's because you are argumentative and like up in other people's business. Like they never were saying that. They're like, oh, you make a good researcher and you write really good briefs. That's not what they were saying. They were saying like, they're sick of hearing you talk. And I was a really precocious child. I was really annoying. And... As I got older, I was like, oh, people don't like me because I think, <laughs> and I bet Isabella, his daughter, is a very precocious child. She seems like, like I said, the type of kid that's sashy in the grocery store. And you're like, okay, well, yeah, I did say I, I wanted to go low carb and, but like, I still need you in here slapping bread out of my hand. Like she really thinks she's one of the adults and I'm sure there's like a lot of parents listening to this. It's like, yeah, that's how you instill creativity in children. It is like you, you will get some very creative children. You also get some kids that you, that will never acknowledge you as the adult. It, we get some fucking kids like me. Don't do it. I have such a problem with authority. I'm such a ladarius. By the way, did you guys listen to um, me and Liz's cheer episode? It was it was a bonus episode on the EBP network. Well, the former EBP network. They're you know they're doing something different now, but um, yeah, go back and listen to it. Um, I really identify as a Ladarius. A problem with authority. Can't get out of my own way. So used to being able to be like, I'm gonna say how I feel right now because that's how I feel. And you know where all that fucking shit started? Me being a precocious child.
There you go. Anyway, um, I, Danny's like thinking he's making a, he's taking her to a casting call where, or maybe not even a casting. Yeah, it's a casting call where like, she's just going on tape for something. And, um, his, he's saying that he's making a statement by raising a child actor that doesn't rob video stores and is struggling with addictions. And the therapist tells him that he can't, like, he doesn't owe the industry anything. He doesn't, like, he should focus on being a good adult. Actually, I bet you Danny's daughter has a bad picker when it comes to men. And it has a lot to do with her father. And because she's so close to him and fell in love with him, like, wholly. And as we get later through the series, you will see how much, like, she's like, Mom, this is your fault. I don't... I haven't watched the whole series again, but I remember her basically saying something like, if daddy kills himself, it's on you, like, or something like that. And you know what it reminds me of? I recently listened to Taraji P. Henson's book. Um, I forgot what it's called. But, you know, I'm not a huge... Let me... It's not that I'm not a huge fan of Taraji, but some of her personal views don't jive with mine but I wanted to listen to her book because she's been in so many iconic black films and I mean that girl's had three network series like that's a big fucking deal and I just wanted to hear like how she came up and when she she starts that book talking about her daddy and her dad was a Vietnam vet who came back not great and um with PTSD and not a lot of resources and he was an addict and he beat the crap out of her mom and he kidnapped her in the middle of the night. And as she, like you, it's her voice. As she's telling this story, she has such a love in her heart for that dude. Like she loves him so much, even though he like went upside her mama's head over and over again and was just like, like a bad partner. Like her mom was like living pillar to post. Like it, he never paid child support. He'd just show up and, like, take her on the bus to go eat ice cream. And, he, like I said, she... It starts off with her father kidnapping her. And she tells the story with such love. And listening to that, I was like, oh, okay. So now I understand why she's such a, a supporter of Terrence Howard, who is a known woman beater, who, like, Taraji got that empire role... And said she couldn't do it without Terrence Howard. She like it's impossible for her to do it without. She got him that job. Where I mean, you can make fun of Empire all you want to. Those people have been making good, good dollars for a long fucking time. I think that show's been on seven seasons. And so like the way that she, the way she talks about Bill Cosby, and the way she talks about um, abusive men, like I can see. Like, hearing her talk about her father, I'm like, okay, I get it. Because you were imprinted on some man that you were like, this is the epitome of manhood who did these things. And and you're supposed to look at what's happened to him and forgive him for that. Well, not all, like, and then also idolize your mom for being the type of person that was just like, come see your kid whenever you want to. Oh, I just noticed you kidnapped our daughter. Well, gonna take her back in the house. Like, that type of person. It's just interesting. Um, 
And I bet, and this is off subject, like, I'm, I'm, like, way off. But, like, I bet Danny's daughter has a bad picker today. I'm just, you know, just a bet I make. So we get to the crux of the problem in this episode. And that is that Danny has signed a contract. And he, as he says, is contractually obligated. Contractually obligated. Guys, I'm sick. And I can't pronounce words. He is contractually obligated to do a stand-up thing in Vegas and he wants Gretchen to come and babysit him essentially basically he doesn't want to go to Vegas because he feels like he's gonna he's gonna drink he's not supposed to be drinking that's a deal breaker in their relationship and then he's gonna cheat on her and that's another deal breaker in their relationship so he wants her to come and she wasn't doesn't want to go she's busy um I bet she's also tired of the Danny show like imagine being like having to stand next to Danny as he does his Danny thing um and he wants her to go because he doesn't think he can go and not drink and not be around telling him. And he thinks, it's, like I said, he thinks it's a mistake. And she's just like, I shouldn't have to do this. He's a big boy. He should be able to do this himself. Um, which is, all, like, you know, big talk for her because, I mean, she is, like, his number one enabler. Um, so then we see Danny going to Dr. Gary for, like, a solo session. And guess what? Danny, I don't, I didn't catch the name, but Danny takes a med that keeps him from drinking because... If he takes it, he says, I don't know if this is true. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Dr. Danny knows, but if he takes it, it when it meets alcohol, it turns it into formaldehyde. Okay. All right. In his system and basically of the range, you either have to go to the ER because you're going to be violently sick or like you're going to die if you drink while taking this medicine. So the whole point is to take the medicine and knowing that you're taking it, then you know you cannot drink. It's like kind of like keeping yourself from drinking. Or like, I guess, and Liz will be better at knowing about this than I would, but I guess maybe someone who's agreed not to drink anymore will take it as like a proof that they're not drinking, you know? Because if they were, they'd be going to the ER. Like basically like, let's say probably this is exactly what happened with Gretchen and Danny that like you're, you promise your wife you're never going to drink again. So then you get all this medication and you take this medication every day and she can now trust that you're not going to drink again because you're not at the hospital. So you must be fine. But here's the thing. I guess Danny takes his own medicine. Uh, no one gives it to him. He takes it and he switched or you know what? Maybe someone gives it to him. But what he did is he switched the pills in that bottle for aspirin bare aspirin so he's been taking aspirin for the last three weeks instead of that and so he can drink and as he says not only can i drink i probably won't get a headache and you know this is bullshit and the doctor like calls him on it that you are prepping to do a bunch of shit you are gonna drink and you are gonna cheat and then and gretchen has said if you drink then then I'm done with you. If you cheat, I'm done with you. But then you can say, well, I switched to pills three weeks ago. And, and then like that ends with like, that ends with like Danny saying something like, yeah, it is clever, isn't it? Like very happy with himself for me. Like I'm sabotaging this. I'm pro I made this promise, but I'm not a good person. I keep telling you I'm not a good person. And now that you know, I'm not a good person. Then whatever I do is fine. And 
It is just so fucking gross. Um, in Gretchen's solo session, he says she would leave him if he started drinking. And that's scary because it's super hard for him not to drink. Like for her, she's like, I can't be with him if he's drinking. And I know that he, he, I don't know how long he cannot drink. And I'm also thinking, I don't know much about couples therapy, but I am thinking about when you see someone in couples therapy and then you see them in solo sessions, can you not tell the other person what they said? Is that a thing? You guys tell me. You let me know if you've been to couples therapy and you've had social se- uh, solo sessions. So Danny goes to Vegas and he does a mediocre stand-up set and then he goes and do whatever men in Ed Hardy t-shirts go do in Vegas and women are flashing him and asking about his penis. He's with some guy who's an absolute douchebag and I'm assuming he's like a radio person that he knows and they're taking the women are taking shots off his crotch they're dancing he says there are two women in gold shiny clothes next to him and he's being tempted as if shiny clothes or like <laughs> what we're gonna force him to cheat imagine you some man showing up and you're being like can i believe you cheated on me and he's like listen they had on shiny clothes and blinded me and then i didn't even know where it was <laughs> Anyway, after all that, he decides he want to get out of there. And so he drives home from Vegas, which is what? Three, four hours from L.A. And Gretchen is shocked when he gets there because apparently he he flew out to Vegas. And he rented a car to come back. And he's back super early. And she's touched that he didn't want to cheat on her so much that he had to leave the city of Vegas to prevent himself from cheating on her. And when he surprises Gretchen at home in the middle of the night, he really surprises her. She's not up with a bunch of makeup on there. It's not lit. This isn't a Kardashian surprise where they're like, let's surprise Chris. And you get there in the middle of the night and it just so happens she's got a face full of makeup and is wearing like uh, very specific lounge clothes. Like that's not that's not a real surprise. Like I can't imagine a reality TV show today that is doing real surprises but this is a real fucking surprise and like the shot sucks there's no lights in there it's real and this is one of the reasons i was really excited to do this show it's really fucking show there's blood sweat and tears and guts on the screen for every single one of the episodes and we have about nine more weeks of this i'm super excited i hope you guys are too make sure you go to the show notes and you download the show not this show but breaking bonantucci before google makes it go bye-bye make sure you use vlc media player if you if you don't already have one that'll play the that'll play the episodes and yeah follow me at buy pumpkin on instagram and you can follow me at okay then princess on instagram and twitter and i will see you guys next week Thank you.